0: Capitol. I saw them walking, mulling about, threatening people in the Capitol. If those were black and brown people there yesterday, there would be bodies on the Capitol today. Bodies. There would be mass arrests. I think it reveals very clearly how some people believe that this country belongs to them. And they act that way. And they're treated as such. An insurrection. I saw a majority white mob with impunity sack the Capitol. I saw them walking, mulling about, threatening people in the Capitol. And I saw police being gentle, relatively gentle, I suppose, giving them space it was a nation on edge in some way. White mob violence is, is a critical feature of American history. At every moment in our history where there has been a sense in which our American form of life, white America's hold on the country, is, seems to be in jeopardy, there's always been this response that, that borders on violence or is violent. I mean, let's just compare the preparation of, of the police to respond to Black Lives Matter protests in the summer and how they prepared and responded to this Trump rally. What we saw was an overwhelming show of force. With Lafayette Park, we, we saw the deployment of resources to, to clear the park, tear gas, a range of things so that Trump could get his photo op with his Bible. Is that your Bible? It's a Bible. What we saw yesterday was no basic show-up force, the fact that they could make their way up the steps of the Capitol onto the uh, the bleachers, the, the stage of the inauguration. They were moving about. The fact that they were able to try to replace the American flag with the Trump flag. We saw photos of Capitol Police or police officers allowing them to, to pass through uh, barriers. We saw police officers taking selfies. We saw police officers helping people walk down steps. We saw that for some people, citizenship means right uh, the exercise of dissent. One could protest without fear of of cops or police. One could give voice to this belief that you actually possess the country, that the country is yours. That's right. There are folks who believe, right, that they have the right to protest because the country is theirs. And they believe that all the other folks should just simply be grateful and shut up. Let me be very clear. The scenes of chaos at the Capitol do not reflect a true America. He's lying. You know, I understand the aspirational claim, but he's not telling the truth. At the heart of this country is a contradiction. It's a contradiction born uh, in this idea that we are an example of democracy achieved, and yet we held chattel slaves. We've been dealing with the failure of holding these folk to account since our founding. We coddle and cuddle white supremacists. We compromise with folk who hold these views. That's the lie that's at the heart of the American project. The contradiction that this place is the reserve for white people only. And everyone else should be thankful. There's this ongoing American ritual where you have this kind of uh, acting out and then people will immediately start talking about unity and turning the page. This moment calls for healing and reconciliation. There's never been anything we can't do. When we do it together, we're at an inflection point. We're in the middle of a reckoning. And I'm not talking about the election of John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock alone. What I'm talking about is what made that possible. Everyday ordinary people, right, seizing power for themselves and and shifting the political landscape of Georgia. What we saw was the beginning of the birth of a new America. We saw the crown of a new America. So we got to be better midwives. But that happened alongside of the death throes of an old man. That was a rally around white grievance, around white resentment, around white hatreds. It was a rally about white fragility in in so many ways. We're gathered together in the heart of our nation's capital for one very, very basic and simple reason, to save our democracy. What we saw is an older America clinging to life. It's in its death throes. It knows that its days are numbered. At the end of the day, I would say, choose your side. There's no in-between. There's no in-between. That's what I would say. about buck breaking we have to understand that buck breaking is a show of power It's a show of dominance so we can't talk about buck breaking without talking about power when we look at the domination of black people by the dominant society what we are in essence seeing is that this society wants to ensure that we are not able to actually meet out that thing that makes humans exist and that is creating families and procreating. See, psychologically, when we're talking about the sexualizing of our people, primarily from the dominant society of the system of white supremacy, it had to be established in a very impinging way from the mental state. This whole notion that masculinity is somehow toxic and detrimental to society is nothing but an attempt to emasculate black malehood it's clearly an agenda if you have two eyes in your head and you're able to see you can see that it's an agenda and it's an agenda to to decrease our population it's always been about destroying the black family the family's the foundation of the people the heterosexual black male is last on the pecking order here in america if you're just a, a heterosexual black man how are you going to beat the case because when you show up to court When you show up to the job interview, when you show up to wherever, you coming in here as a heterosexual black man, you have no power. When Mark Twain confessed that we white people ground the manhood out of the Negro, why ground the manhood out of the Negro? Because it's the it's black masculinity that most exposes the fraud of white masculinity. We as the progenitors of culture, the ones who are the fathers and mothers of civilizations, who taught all people, who people look to for social cues, whether they want to realize it or not, I think they feel if they can get us to adapt to it, they can get everybody to adapt to it. If anybody should have a problem with European males, it should be the European female. Because everything the European male has ever learned to do to us, he first practiced on his own woman. We need resources in education. We need resources in labor. We need resources in politics. We need resources in medical. We need resources in so many things, but they ignore that. And they put millions and even billions of dollars to tell us that you need to really embrace your LBGT side. So these people have an agenda and it's up to us to understand what the agenda is.